Coming to you live. Live. And podcasting around the globe. You're listening to the Deal Farm Podcast. Guaranteed to tickle your real estate loving ear holes. And now, here's your host, world-renowned TV heartthrob and investor extraordinaire, Ken Corsini. Hey, this is Ken Corsini with the Best Deal Ever Show. On today's episode, I am joined by my new friend, Stacy Rossetti. Stacy, how you doing? Hi, good. Thank you. Thank I you for the, having me. I mean, I'm thrilled to have you on. I love the log cabin look you got going on behind you. Sort of matches mine, actually. I know. I built that myself. <laughs> I, t- I would have believed you if we hadn't already had this conversation because that looks very believable. I would just say it looks like you're up in the mountains and a cool cabin somewhere. So. <laughs> well, I do live in the mountains. So you could have told me that that was a log cabin you were in. I would have believed you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so interestingly, you're in the same, you're not that far from me. You're like 30 minutes up the road from me. Tell, tell the folks where you guys live. I live in Jasper, Georgia. Up, yeah, it's up, up, the, up the North Georgia mountains right above Atlanta. Yeah. It's funny. We, I, I'm right at the edge of the North Georgia mountains, like here in Woodstock. Like if we get to a clearing, I can see all the mountains where you live just straight North of me. And it is, for the folks that don't know, North Georgia is gorgeous, right? I mean, yeah. it's fantastic up there. Yeah. That's why we moved up here. We needed some, we needed some fresh air. Yeah. Well, so you were on the South side of town, right? South side of Atlanta before in Peachtree city. And then complete antithesis of that is the mountain life of Atlanta, right? Exactly. Yeah. You've got like Peachtree City, which is like suburbia. And then you've got the mountain life where it's like, there's nobody around. So crazy. And now you guys are in like a quasi tiny house on the top of a mountain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last year, uh, we decided to sell everything that we have and move into a tiny house um, up on the top of one of the highest mountains in Georgia. That's amazing. How many people dream about doing that? Like, I'm going to just get rid of all my junk and just go simplify my life. And then you actually did it. That's so cool. I know. Hopefully it'll inspire some more people to do it. I think so. So give people your quick background. So you've obviously been in this space for a little while. When did you get into real estate? What did that look like? I actually got into real estate right on the upturn in 2010. And it was the best time to get into real estate, in my personal opinion, because sure. houses were like super cheap. Oh, yeah. Um, and I learned I, I, when I got into real estate, I learned how to wholesale and then I learned how to rehab houses. And that's what I did essentially for 10 years as I rehab houses. I still rehab houses right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and so that's kind of what I was focusing on for many, many years of many rehabs. Wow. Yeah. And then you and then at some point in time, you sort of transitioned and said, you know what? I like this self-storage space how did that come yes. about i got pregnant at the age of uh, at the age at the year of six, uh, 2016 <laughs> and um and like at that time i was doing 20 rehabs and in my mind i was thinking like as a mother i was like there's just no way i'm going to be able to do 20 rehabs and have this kid at the same time so like essentially what i did is i told my realtor i was like i need to start thinking about passive income because like with rehabs essentially you never know when you're going to close a bill you know yeah, what I'm saying? So right. I was kind of like, and I was like, as a mom, I was thinking I need to be more secure with like money coming in and stuff. So I started looking for storage facilities right around 2016 when I got pregnant because I really wanted to just, I really wanted to just stay home and be with my daughter. That's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. So I started thinking like, how can I have more passive income and how can I get rid of like all this chaos in my life? Because 20 rehabs at the same time, is just like, you're running around like a chicken with oh. your head cut Trust me. I know it gets, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's crazy to, to manage that much, especially if you're going to be at home with a new kid. That's, that would, that would be almost impossible. So thinking, I guess, about storage facilities, Hey, this is something I could potentially manage from home. Right? I don't have to necessarily be on the, on the road for that. 
Well, that's exactly, that's the whole purpose of me getting into storage was that um, you can, I have like, I have, I have storage facility owner friends that live in different states and have their storage facilities in other states as well too. And so you can manage your storage facilities if you know how to manage them properly yeah. and set them up so that you can do it because a lot of storage facility owners do not do this. But if you know how to set them up properly, you can manage their, you can manage your facilities from anywhere in the world essentially. Wow. Even without necessarily an on-site property manager, you're saying? I have no on-site property manager. So, well, actually, I have. We have around 450 to 500 doors right now, mm -hmm. and uh, we. Uh, so, we did not get an on-site property manager until after, like, actually, until just recently, until like the last couple of months. So, we were managing them ourselves. Um, and the only thing that you really have to do is you have to like, you know, clean, make sure that they're cleaned out when somebody moves out and you have to overlock them, right? So if they don't pay, you have to go lock them out. Yep. Those are kind of the two big things you have to do. But in order to do that, even with 450 to 500 doors, I mean, it takes like one day a month. I mean, literally we worked on our storage facilities one day a month. Now we have an office manager that we hired after our second facility to manage the office and manage like call, you know, taking the calls. Right. So she, she does all that. And she does, she's been working with us now for many, many years, like five years. And uh, she just kind of manages all that. And then my husband would go around and do the overlocks um, until recently we just hired the, the boots on the ground person for us. Okay. And is that boots on the ground person full time, like day in and day out, or are they one just day, once one a week? day a week, one wow. day a week? Yeah, and we pay him. We pay him two hundred dollars a week. Oh come on! For over how many doors do you have? It's almost five hundred doors. So you're paying a guy one day a week. He drives bucks. around. He clean. He makes sure all the trash is picked up. Because when he moves out of, the, of a, a unit, they always leave something. Sure. Right. Right. And then like, and then and we ask them. We say, take a picture of the unit to make sure it's clean. The unit is always clean. But outside around the unit is always like trash everywhere. That's where the disaster is. So you have to have somebody going around and pick up the trash. I got and then you. you have to have somebody that's like overlocking. You know, if somebody doesn't pay, like on the 15th of the month, we run our facility. We run our facilities like, like, uh, you know, like we just, we put our foot down. Yeah. Because right? otherwise we'll take advantage of you. Sure. So, yeah. So essentially what happens is like on the fifth, like by the fourth, I think all of our, our payments are due by the fourth. If they don't pay by the 15th, we lock them out. And by the 25th of the month, we start the auction process. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So our, our tenants are trained. This is one yeah. of the things that I teach is like, you have to train your tenants. Otherwise they just take advantage of you. Sure. Yeah. Well, so you, you've only been at this four years. I guess this is probably a good segue into your best deal ever. Is your best deal the first one you did? The best deal that I, well, I love all of my deals, honestly. Sure. I made, I've made a lot of money in all my deals, but essentially the best one that we've ever made is our very first deal. Um, and so, and that's what, that's what happened. So when I got, when I got pregnant at, at 20 in 2016, we started looking for a storage facility and luckily we found one, uh, that was about 15, 20 minutes away from our house, which was like the perfect, you know, perfect area for us. Yeah, sure. And, uh, so <clears throat> What I did is I kind of went, I drove, her, I drove her up to it and looked at it. And I was like, man, this thing is bumpy. I was like, and actually, you know, as a rehabber, when you look at a bumpy anything, you're just like, oh, I love this thing. Right, money. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And like, you just visually just like, oh, I can totally fix this thing up. Right. And so I went and I took a look at it and I, and, and basically the, what it is, is it was, it was, it's on three acres, essentially the lot is three acres and it's okay. in kind of like a, an industrial area. So it's not like, you know, it's not like off the highway or off the main road. It's kind of off a back road yep. and it's in, in, in like a, in like an industrial kind of area. So it's like run down is okay. Right. Yeah. 
And so it's like a long strip of, of uh, units or 64 10 by 10 units. Okay. Right? So 64. And then around it was parking. All parking. There's a lot of parking, right? For the for that, you could probably fit at least 50 parking spaces. Now, when I went to go look at it, and I talked to the owner, and um, and I talked to him, and he was like, "I said, well, you know, is it full? Like, you know, how much money are you making per month? You know, he was like, oh yeah, yeah, it's full, it's full. And I was like, okay, so how much money are you making per month? He's like, I make like two thousand dollars a month. And essentially, if you had really like figured out, you know, 50 parking spaces at $60 a month and 64 units at $60 a month. I mean, that comes out to like $7,500 a month. Yeah. Calculate all that. I'm like, why is he only making $2,000 a month when he should be making like seven, eight grand a month on this thing? Yeah. And so that kind of got my wheels turning. And, um, and so I said, well, I said, you said it's full, you know, are, are people just not paying? He's like, oh, no, no, no. It's been full for years. Like, I just never cleaned it out. When anybody moves out, I just never clean them out. He would just literally, like, if they moved out and left, or they, they left or didn't pay, he would just, like, leave it there. So it was and full so of just, stuff. After a while, he had no space to rent out. Come on. You know Yes. He was full and of so, stuff, but not full of paying occupants. Yes, exactly. And I'm telling you, a lot of storage facility owners are just like him. Just wow. like him. Yes. Wow. Another thing is that the way that he had the parking was like, oh, just go find a spot, like just wherever. And like people were just parking, I wow. mean, just ridiculous spots and stuff. And so as I kind of looked at the thing, I was calculating in my mind, okay, I could make this much on the units and the parking needs to be, if I, I could fit like 50 spots if I actually organized it properly, right? And yeah. I was in my mind calculating that and trying to figure that out. That's my very first deal. So I literally had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, how much money can I make on this thing? Right. right? That's what I was thinking. Right. And so, and um, so, and then another thing that's really, really important for everybody to understand about storage facilities is that um, when you buy a mismanaged property like this, uh, like there's no, this guy, he had no P&L. He has no balance sheet. In fact, he only took cash. Oh only gosh. took cash. He had no money. I said, well, show me your numbers. How, how do I know you're actually making $2,000? And so what he did was he opened his drawer and he pulled out a ledger. A oh ledger. My gosh. And this is, he was writing in like who paid and what. And that's it. That's all he had. Holy cow. Right? So these are the type of properties that I like to buy. Um, and so, and he like, and then when he did that, I was like, oh yeah. And I said, and he had this property on the market for five years. He was trying to sell it for five years and nobody came and uh, tried to buy it from him. And uh, it was on the market for $500,000. And the thing is, is that if it was 100% full and it was run properly and he had a P&L and a balance sheet and he could show his numbers and show cash flow, it would definitely be worth $500,000. Sure. But he didn't have that, right? So I used that, of course, as a negotiation tool. Yeah. Right. And so I basically said, you know, okay, so I'm going to give you an offer. I really, really want to buy this place and I can close in 30 days if you want to do that. But the thing is, is that my offer is going to be low. And the reason why is because I cannot go to a bank and borrow money on this property because you did not manage it properly. If you would have a P&L on the balance sheet, I'd be able to go to the bank. I'd Good be able point. to go pull a loan out yeah. and, and, get, and get, you know, three, four, five percent interest or whatever it is, you know. But right now, 
I right the way that you ran this property, I can't do that. So my my offer is two hundred thousand dollars. Holy cow! Wow. And so he was like, "I'm never going to take two hundred thousand dollars." And I was thinking, but in my mind, I was thinking I would pay like two hundred, like I would go up to two fifty. Yeah, sure. Right. That was my in my mind. So I said, "I'm gonna." I said, "I offer you two hundred. I said, two, I'm offering you two hundred thousand. Like essentially, that's it. Because the reason why is because I'm going to have to go get a private lender." I'm going to have to go. And guess what? My private lender is going to charge me like 9%. Yeah. Right. So because of that, I'm going to have to pay double the rate that I would have to pay if I went to a bank. So because of that, I have to offer 50% or less on your property so I can make up that cost. And so it got him thinking and it got him thinking. And so after about maybe a week or two, he called me, he called us back and he said, okay, what about 250? I'll take 250. What, and so in the it end, in we put it under contract for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. All right, and this pro and this property now is a hundred percent full. It's been a hundred percent full for two years. And if you run the numbers and you run and you look at the cap rate, it's like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen percent. This thing. Oh my gosh. Yes, and it's worth right now over five hundred thousand. It's worth like six hundred thousand dollars. Oh my gosh. So not only awesome. did I buy the property for 250,000 cuz we're cash flow, we make like 75 grand a month or more. Right. Right? So we're I mean we're making a lot of money. And so but and so basically if you run the numbers this thing is like this thing is worth like 500 dollars $500, So That's not only amazing. did I buy it for $250,000 and, and when I sell it I'll make $250,000. On top of that, our monthly bills cuz you know storage investing I mean, I mean sorry, storage facilities you know, don't have any expenses hardly at all. And the smaller ones, I mean, as you get bigger and bigger, of course, there's more overhead and expenses and stuff. Sure. These tiny ones like this. I mean, we have our mortgage came out to like two grand a month. Yeah. Our insurance is like a thousand dollars a month. The um the uh like pest control and lawn care is like maybe a hundred dollars a month. And then the software that we use to manage the facilities are like it's like maybe a hundred fifty dollars a month and then marketing now in the beginning we had we had to pay money to market to get it all up but now it's 100 percent full and there's a waiting list wow there's like no marketing for this thing at all wow. so essentially we're like we have like 2500 dollars a month in bills every single month and we're making like seven to eight grand a month every single month so you're really revenue wise you're bringing in what like 10 grand so monthly we're bringing in around four to five thousand net net okay net gotcha. four to five thousand dollars net yep yeah, so every so we're netting around fifty grand a month. Let's just say, netting. A year. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, fifty grand a year. Fifty yeah. grand. A I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. And then on top of that, we've built it up and we've built this thing up, so it's worth like at least let's say five hundred thousand dollars. So we're yeah. gonna, we're gonna, when we sell it, we're gonna make two hundred fifty grand on it. Yeah. Well, but why would you sell at this point? I'm not, we're not going to sell it, but like yeah, if we're right. deciding to sell, we are in the process of refining that thing out though. Right. So For sure. what happens is I borrow money when I borrow the lenders, usually anywhere, like they'll do a loan length of like three to five years Yeah. Something like this. And so then after so we've, we're up, we're coming up on five years. So I'm just going to refi this thing out and get it at a lower interest rate. And then the mortgage will drop. I mean, to like $1,500 oh, yeah. $1, a month or something. So we'll save even more money. Yeah. And then I'm going to take that money right out of that of that deal and guess what i'm gonna do buy another store reinvest that stuff yeah heck yeah that right to another store and 250 around two hundred fifty thousand dollars is a really really good price for a good size storage facility I and mean, that's a good 250 to 300 thousand it's like a good sweet spot for 
the smaller facilities. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, this was your very first storage facility deal. What did, I mean, how did that change your mindset? What did that do to your business going forward? Were you just like, forget single family, this is what I'm doing? Oh no, we've, we've gotten rid of all of, we've gotten all of our rental properties, we've gotten rid of one, all of them but one. And wow. we just reinvest in, in storage facilities now. Because I mean, the thing is, is how many rental properties do you need in order to make $4,000 a month? Yeah, right. Yeah, like what, 10, eight? Yeah, I don't know. yeah. right. I'm like, why would I manage eight houses when I can manage one storage facility? And the thing with storage facilities is that, I mean, as I said, I have not been to a storage facility, any storage facilities in like at least six months. And my husband, he only went up until, up until this last couple of months, he only went like one or once or twice a month to go check on the facilities and that's it. Wow. That's it. You know, so like if you calculate how much time in a month that we put in, like let's say five to 10 hours in a month, and you calculate like how much money you're making on us. I make $4,000 a month and spend 10 hours a month working on these storage facilities. Like, I mean, that's like, it's like $500 an hour we're making. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, you know, so the, 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 the time that you spend and what happened is like over the course of the last 10 years, basically the way that I think personally is, is, you know, how much I, I want to do something that, I can make a lot of money and like work like no hours. Like I want to make as much money as I possibly can and like make, make uh, work as less hours as I possibly can. And I'm telling you storage facilities are exactly that. That's it's like the American job. dream. Work the smarter, American right? American dream, right? And that's what we're doing is we're in the process. Of, that's what we did. Like we just, we, we got rid of all of our rental properties. We're focusing only on storage. We're building a portfolio right now. And we want to be able to travel whenever we want, wherever we want. Um, and you can do that. You can manage. So my husband, like ever since everything is like went crazy and stuff, he, he went up to New York. He took my daughter and went up to New York and just stayed because he's from New York. He's from Long Island. And they've been in New York for like the past month. And he manages the storage facilities. And he has been in New York, right, for the past month. And that's of all the places to go, though, man, I don't know that running well, into the I mean, belly of the beast a little bit. He's just staying in the family in the house. I that's gotcha. what he's doing. So they're yeah. not doing anything, you know. But, like, my daughter was starting to go crazy, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was like, she needs a change of scenery. I was like, go hang out with your family. And they, you know, and they'll just, like, he's able to work. And then they go and just take care of her, which is kind of awesome. You know? That's so, amazing. Again, yeah, when you so would say you like, travel a ton, I mean, that's the, it gives you that lifestyle. That's the, that's exactly, I'm telling you, that's exactly what the lifestyle, what the storage facilities do is they create this, you can't, if you want to. Now, the thing is, is that there's not a lot of storage facility owners in the world. And a lot of storage facility owners honestly don't think this way. They yeah. don't. Yeah. They just, they have one facility or two facilities and they, I talked to one lady, I called her up and I was like, you want to, I said, you want to buy, you want to sell your storage facility? I'd like to buy it. And, and she was like, and, I, and she, she, it's a, it was like 300 units. And as she was like, no, she's like, I'll sell it for 1.4 million. I was like, no, I'm not going to like, I'll buy that for like about $400,000. Yeah. It's like a million dollars too much. But um, I was like, so what are you like, what do you do all day long? She's like, I just sit here all day. Like she was literally just like sitting in the office all day long managing. I was like, well, are you bored? Like, what do you do? Because I know that managing 300 storage facilities, you can do this from your phone. Sure. I mean, it's not that much work. And she's like, it's like, it gets kind of boring. It's like, I watch a lot of TV and stuff. Oh my gosh. And I'm, like, I'm thinking to myself, lady, you should That's be crazy. going out and finding more storage facilities to buy. Yeah. What an, That's, what that's an amazing how facility shift, owners though. think a lot of them. 
Well, and that's why there's opportunity for you. You get all this burnout from these people. You swoop in and you figured out a more efficient way to do it. And they have no idea. Yeah. I love it, man. You've got, you've got my interest way peaked in storage facility. I was already interested into it, but now having talked with you, this is fantastic. And what a deal. First one you do, you've already created 350,000 in equity, five grand a month net on this thing. I mean, that's phenomenal. That's what I'm telling. That's what I'm saying. It's like, no, that was, that's a really good deal. That's like, you know, that's like the best sure. of the best. And most of the time, like on my storage facilities I own, we're making, we're cash flowing, you know, net, we're making like a couple thousand dollars, Yeah. you know, but so, you know, if you have five facilities and you're making two grand, I mean, that's 10 grand a month extra every single month. Well, but and you're also creating all these equities. You turn these suckers around and you're creating hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity though, right? I mean, exactly right. Yeah. So I've, you know, as I said, like I'm doubling my equity. Like I'll spend, as I said, I'll spend $150,000, $200,000 on a property. And in a two, three years it's worth $400,000. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's, 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 I said, there's value add. So essentially that's what I, that's why I love storage facilities is because not only do you, you create passive income every single month, but you also are building passive wealth. Totally. Right. Absolutely. And that's the king. That's the key is like when you focus, when you think about real estate investing, the goal is like, how can you make money without doing any work? That's why everybody gets into real estate investing. Right. right? Yeah. And I, and, and everybody gets into rehabbing and wholesaling and I totally understand and get that, but those are active, that's active income. I mean, you have to work your butt off for that. Right. Yep. yep. Whereas like on the passive side, people say, okay, rental property, but I'm telling you storage facilities are the that's way where it's at. Stacey, I love it, man. Thanks so much for coming on today. This was a great story. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm honored. Thank you. Awesome. Take care. Hey, friends, let's talk for just a minute about the market we're in right now. It's tough, right? Deals are hard to come by. The last thing you need is trouble funding a deal once you've done the hard work to source it. Trust me, I get it. I've been at this for 16 years, and financing deals is often a huge pain in the rear. So I decided to solve the problem. I launched Red Capital Lending for real estate investors like me and probably like you. The days of paying 12% interest are over. And if it's taking more than a week for your lender to close, you're using the wrong lender. We've built Red Capital Lending for the sole purpose of providing the lowest cost of investment capital possible. I'm talking about interest rates in the sevens. With the highest level of customer service and with the fastest turnarounds, our goal is to provide funding within five days. If you've got a deal coming up and you're ready to save money and avoid the typical hassles associated with most lenders, take a minute and just submit your deal at redcapitallending.com. We'd love to work with you and show you just how easy it can be to fund your next project. Again, redcapitallending.com. Okay, so let's get back to the show, except in this segment, we're gonna talk about the deals that didn't go so well. Hope you enjoy. All right, I'm here with Stacy Rossetti. And Stacy, I wanna hear about your worst deal ever. My worst deal ever? Okay, so basically, when I was rehabbing homes, um, I got, I, I, what I did was I, re, I was rehabbing the same type of houses all the time. I was cookie cutter. Yeah. Okay, so I always Perfect. had, I bought a house for 50,000, I rehabbed it for 50,000, and I would sell it for 150,000. Okay, that was my strategy, Perfect. right? Yep. What happened though is that a cut like two times, I actually veered off and I was like, let me try to do like super big major rehabs. And I did. So I bought a house that actually, what happened is the contractor ran out of money. It was a, the outside was completely done. He was doing a new build, but he ran out of money. The outside was completely done, mm -hmm. and the inside was just completely gutted. 
and it, it was it was about a two hundred thousand dollar rehab. Now, first of all, what happened is I honestly did not know how to figure out what the rehab cost was that for that was. So I, I calculated around one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the rehab cost. Uh-huh. In the end, it came out to around two hundred thousand dollars. Right? So fifty thousand over budget. Yeah, so I was fifty thousand already over budget. Now, luckily, it was like a two thousand sixteen seventeen. This is one of those houses that was like when I was pregnant, like it was two thousand sixteen seventeen house, and though you know during that time like the market and this was over in um what was it what's the kirkwood kirkwood yeah yeah it was like the hottest area yeah that's a hot area so like you know the prices were going up was we had we had thought we we were going to sell it at like 350 and in the end we believe this is like 450 okay actually was probably wrong in the first place too anyway so because you know what happens is like you go up and you push those numbers and stuff right oh yeah so I, so I, I just totally screwed the rehab up. I didn't get the budget right. Um, I ended, I ended up going over $50,000. And also I just, I wasn't, I'm not good at customizing a home. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, I just have this, I have a cheap mentality. I spend, I'm a 150,000 girl. That's what I am. That's my type of home. Right. So <laughs> like a $350,000, 400, 500, just to figure that out. That's a whole different world. And I always tell my students, like, figure out the price range you're going to yeah. Right. And so, and those, those price ranges are just not good for me. And um, so I went over budget $50,000. And then what happened is we finished that house and actually it took like, it's supposed to take six months. It took like a year oh, it took forever. It took painful. forever to get this stupid thing done. Cause I didn't know what, I, cause I didn't know what I was doing. And then on top of that, we finished it really right on the week of Thanksgiving. Wow. Oh yeah. Horrible time to list. Horrible time to list. Yeah. Horrible time to list. So we listed it and we listed at $450,000 and it sat on the market. So month after month after month after month. And my lender was just like, Stacey, what is going on? And I was like, so then after like six, we were dropping, dropping, dropping the price. And guess what? I sold it for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh no! After, yeah, yeah. So I not only lost fifty thousand dollars, I lost all the money from the like how long it took eighteen months. Holding costs, H up. Holding costs, yeah. And then it's just like, and and the lender, I pissed the lender off as well too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Of course, he made a lot of money on the deal. Sure. He got paid, but still, you know. So I just learned from that lesson. What I learned is that. Pick one strategy, one type of house that you're good at. Just stick with that and just create an internal system within your company where you can just do those over and over again. And essentially, that's what I do now. It's just the same type of house all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the old adage, if it ain't broke, why fix it? You had a system that wasn't broke. Exactly. (laughs) That's my philosophy now. Lesson learned. That's right. Yeah. I I always say every house is a lesson learned. The good ones and the bad, especially the bad ones, right? Exactly, especially the bad ones, yes. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Stacey, thanks so much for sharing with us. We really, really appreciate it. All right, thank you. Take care. Hey, Deal Farm listeners. If you haven't heard, I just recently released a book through Bigger Pockets Publishing called Profit Like the Pros. If you dig the Best Deal Ever podcasts, you will definitely want to get your hands on this book. I take 25 stories from some of the top investors in the country and distill them down into 25 separate chapters that will not only entertain you, but educate and inspire you in all different facets of real estate investing. From wholesaling and flipping to self-storage, multifamily and commercial, we get into the details of short sales, subject twos, and even land flipping. And whether you're a brand new investor or you have years of experience under your belt, I promise you this book will engage you. If you would, take a minute, go to Amazon and order this book, Profit Like the Pros. And if you like it, 
leave us a review. Thanks so much, folks, and I will see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm. I wanted to invite you to join me on a very cool new app called Wisdom. I actually rarely am on the cutting edge of new cool technology, but I think that this app has a ton of potential to help you and I connect in a better way. You know, podcasts are great and all, but they're typically just one directional only. And I think that wisdom has the potential to open up a conversation between you and I. So if you get a second, bounce over to your app store, download the wisdom app and look me up.